So, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Stuart Young, and uh, thank you, thank you, and I am happy to be here today. God is good. You know, we serve a God who will never let us go. And there's people in this room tonight who have felt that God has let them go. They're mad, they're angry, they're disappointed, and they feel like their prayers are being unanswered. And my, I'm going to just speak to you today and let you know that we serve a God who answers our prayers. And sometimes we go through lives, our lives and, and, and we don't see things the way that God sees them. And we're like, God, why are you not doing this in my life? Guys, my life is a testament to that. Of wanting God to work in a certain way. Of actually giving God the instructions. Do you know how many times I've given God instructions and be like, listen God, I got a great idea. Just hear me out. All right? This is how you're going to do it. It would be really great if you could work it out this way. Make sure it doesn't happen on a Tuesday. I'm busy that day. And let's just, you know, because I know what I'm talking about, you know. And uh, the truth is, is, you know, I think God chuckles at me a lot and says, Stu, trust me, I got you. And sometimes it's funny, but sometimes it's hard. And life is hard sometimes. Man, life is hard sometimes. And I've been feeling that. I was talking uh, to some people about that earlier uh, in prayer. You know, sometimes you look at people up here on, you know, worship or the leaders or the pastors or whoever, and you look at them and you're like, they got it together. You know, oh, God has blessed them so much. They're on stage. Their lives must be just, oh, man, they got it all figured out. And the truth is, is that's not the case. You know, I am struggling and warring right now with the Holy Spirit, his strength in me against lies that the enemy speaks over my life. Because just because I get a microphone doesn't mean the enemy leaves me alone. Just because I have an opportunity to speak doesn't mean the enemy says, oh, okay, well, let's leave that guy alone, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's actually more. The enemy wants to kill us. But the truth is, is we serve a God who is so powerful, so beautiful, and so I don't live in fear of the enemy. I live in the, the joy of the Holy Spirit and the strength of the Holy Spirit. Can you guys hear me? Come on. Because that is what our life is called to be, is we are called to live in the joy of the Holy Spirit, in the strength of the Holy Spirit. To go from mountaintop to mountaintop to mountaintop. And that's going to be my life. That is my life. And I prophesy that over my life and over your lives. See, we think that the enemy's greatest trick is to make sure that Christ, you know, people don't become Christians. And I, you know, I mean, that's part of it. But, but I think what the enemy enjoys more is Christians who don't know who they are. Right? Because that is a messed up place to be. When you're a Christian and you don't know who you are, so you're doing all the things. You're going to church, you're praying, you're reading your Bible, but nothing's changing because you don't know who you are. It's the worst place to be. And that is the, what the enemy has. But we just declare that over our lives right now, that the enemy has no place in our lives. That we are made free, and those who Christ set free are free indeed. Can I get an Amen. 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 And I got to speak that. I got to speak that over my life every single day because the enemy wants to tell me otherwise. But God is good. So I got something I'm going to preach on. We'll see if I get to it. I, uh, I just have, I have a heart for something. Um, 
a couple things. It's New Year's. Well, New Year's was like a month ago, but it's a new year, right? We're still in January. What's the date? 22nd? Did any of you, I know James was talking about this before. No one really does this anymore, but I know some of you made some New Year's resolutions. Did did we get some New Year's resolutions over here? Any? James? Kind of? Kind of? Uh, We do it. We do New Year's resolutions. What do you think the number one New Year's resolution is? Lose weight. Can we see it? For $100. 21% of people say, I'm going to lose some weight. And uh, hey, I'm one of them, right? We, we do it. We do it. Come on. Dad bod's coming in strong. That's why I wear, wear a few extra layers now. Um, I do have two children, so I get, I get some grace on that, right? Um, what's the next one? Eating healthier, that's, that's similar to this one. Do, quit smoking. Can we see what's next? Self-improvements. Let's just go down the line. Come on, out of debt. Better financial decisions. Quit smoking. So quit smoking. Some people, it's quit vaping. Some people, it's to start vaping so they can quit smoking. You know, whatever you got to do, it's one of those things, you know. Um, whatever. Do more exciting things. You can just go through all of these here. But we have all of these things about work out more often. That has been my, I have a gym at my work, like legitimately with a shower, with everything. I got all this stuff. How many times have I been to the gym? Boom. Zero. (laughs) Zero. I just look this good naturally. I don't need to go to the gym. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Come on. Uh, jokes. Okay. Um, so New Year's resolutions. Can I tell you something, though? We make New Year's resolutions. We do. Even as Christians, we make New Year's resolutions. Do you want to know how successful the world is on New Year's resolutions? Thank you, James. I appreciate that. I'm going to tell you. I don't, I don't care if you want to know. I'm going to tell you. Tell you. of people fail making New Year's resolutions. 92%. That means there's eight of you, if there's 100 people in this room, whatever, there's eight of you that are like, yeah, I got this. 92% of people fail. It's true. It is just true. Why do we fail? There's a couple reasons why we fail. Number one, we bite off more than we can chew. We're like, listen, instead of just being like, okay, I'm going to eat healthy, you know, maybe this time I'm going to have like a couple pieces of celery during the day or whatever. I'm going to get my life together. We're like, no, I'm going 100% vegan, gluten-free. I'm only eating air, 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 air. That's all I'm eating for the next two weeks. And after like a day, you're dying and you're like, this diet sucks. And so you're like, screw it, I'm done. This is too hard. Throw it out the window. Right? I've been there. When you should have just like had some peas and carrots. You shouldn't have went through the whole vegan, gluten-free thing. Right? But that's what we do. We bite off more than we can chew. And secondly, we're not actually ready to change. See, a lot of times people say that they'll use a period. They'll they'll use, um, it's kind of like Valentine's Day. It's like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. I better get all lovey-dovey. You know? Not me. Every day is Valentine's Day in my heart. All right? Um, Yeah. (laughs) My wife would cringe if she heard me say that. She'd be like, you are a liar. Um, But 
uh, we see New Year's Eve or we see New Year's, we're like, this is an opportunity. Everybody's changing. I'm going to change. Let's do this. Let's change. Let's, let's, let's you know, we, we got this. The truth is, is we're not ready to change. A date can't change you. New Year's can't change you. It has to be there. So we fail. We, we fail. But do you know, it, it's funny, even as Christians, so we look at, like, this isn't, this isn't based on, you know, people who go to church. This is just based on general things. But, you know, the truth is, is even as Christians, we make these same New Year's resolutions. And do you know that there's actually a lot of, of New Year's resolutions or, or just even resolutions that are godly? It's a godly thing to want to get better. It's a godly thing to want to change, to, to, to want to, to seek growth and seek movement and, and better yourself. But I think as Christians, we have to look at it in a different way. I mean, if you think of what is Christianity, Christianity is essentially saying that I don't have it, I can't do it, I'm going to take myself out of it and give it to God. I mean, it's, it's the biggest resolution ever. It's, it's getting out and saying, okay, like, I want to be better. No one comes to Christianity and says, I'm already perfect, so I guess I'm going to get to be a Christian. That's not how it works. You realize what you lack. You realize you don't have it, and then you go to Christ. Does that make sense? So we do this. It's godly. Let's even look at a couple godly uh, uh, resolutions. I think they're up there. Eating healthier. Come on. Listen to Proverbs. It is not good to eat much honey. Come on. I eat a lot of honey. You know what I do at night? I, uh, or let's finish this. Nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory, right? Honey, um, sugar, right? I go home at night and I take like right before bed, which is the worst time to eat, and I just take this massive bowl of ice cream and then I get the Aunt Jemima out and I just squeeze it all over the Aunt Jemima on there and I just, because I just need that sugar, you know? It's, hey, it's good. It, it'd be worse if it was ketchup or something. Come on, at least it's... Yeah. Anyways, so it's godly. It is not good to eat, eat much honey. I mean, it's right there in the word, right? Like, it's at the end of the day, like, it's godly to be healthy. Let's look at the next one. Working out more, right? Do you not know your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have for God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. I'm not saying everyone has to go to the gym, you know, for two hours a day. I'm just saying your body is God. It is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so it is godly to want to, to have your body be healthy. These are godly things. Next one. Come on. Be a better spouse. This is a godly thing. This is one of the things this year. I was like, I want to be a better husband to my wife. And it's a godly thing. I mean, again, we look at this in Ephesians. It talks about wives submitting to your husbands. Husbands loving your wife like the Christ loved the church. These are godly things. Next and last one, making better financial decisions. God doesn't want us to be all messed up when it comes to money. He doesn't. I mean, Karina just had a great word on that, right? Dishonest money dwindles away, but whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. It's good investment advice right there in the Bible. Little by little. Don't do Bitcoin, all right? It doesn't work. You'll lose all your money. You will lose all of it. I promise you. Ask Levi how much he's lost on Bitcoin already. Come on. I know this stuff, right? Unless you bought it at like when it was a penny, then you're just, you know, you're, 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 you're doing good right now. You're doing good. But the reality is, is, is these are all biblical principles, and that's good. It's good to better yourselves. But if we look at these things, what are we seeing? There's, there's a theme when I look at them through the lens of Christ. I'm seeing a few things. It's, it's all about conquering something. Okay, When it comes to my weight, I want to conquer my desire for food. 
When it comes to being a better husband, I want to conquer my desire for selfishness and to just ride my motorcycle all the time and do whatever I want. All of these things are about conquering something. But on top of that, what, else, what, what these things also are is they're about finding fulfillment. See, no one is fully fulfilled and completely 100% fulfilled and says, okay, now I want to go and do more. Like, you don't see someone who's fully fulfilled in the way their body works and says, okay, now I have to get even better. Do you, do you hear what I'm saying? What, what we're doing when we say, I want to get healthier, I want to lose weight, I want to look better, I want to do all these things, is we're saying, I want to be fulfilled. See, fulfillment is down there. Fulfillment is at the end. Do you hear what I'm saying? And we feel like, okay, let's just say my New Year's resolution is to lose 30 pounds. I am saying that my fulfillment is when I get to that 30 pounds. So it's a journey to find joy or to find happiness or to find fulfillment. Does that make sense? See, the truth is, is that's okay. It is okay for us to seek joy, seek fulfillment, seek all those things. But God spoke to me on this. And, he, and, and the challenge that I thought as Christians is we do this when it comes to our Christian faith. See, a lot of times as Christians, we turn our faith into resolutions. So we say, I mean, insert a Christian word there, instead of losing weight, we say, I want to read my Bible more. I want to pray more. I want to give more tithes. I want to spend more time with the poor. I want to do all those things. All of those things are beautiful things. Those are all godly things. But what happens sometimes as Christians is we turn them into resolutions. And God does not want us to have a faith of resolutions. He wants us to live in revelation. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because the Old Testament was all about resolutions. It was law after law after law saying you have to do this and this and this. And if you do those things, you will find happiness. You will find acceptance in the kingdom of heaven and God will love you. If you do these things, you will be fulfilled. But the truth is, is that Christ died on the cross to say it is fulfilled. You never have to resolve to do anything. You live in revolution, revelation, and everything comes out of that. Does that make sense? What I'm not saying, hear my heart, I am not saying that, okay, this means now that since we're living in revelation that we don't have to do anything anymore. It's like, oh, okay, Stuart said we don't have to pray anymore. I guess God has it all figured out for us. Man, we got to pray. We got to pray hard. I spent four hours today praying. Not that I'm trying to like win the prayer contest, but I just needed some. I did win, just so you know. But um, I'm not trying. A lot of times I win. I don't even try. I just win, win, win. Um, all I do is win. That sounds so lame. For those of you who know me, that's, that's a joke, okay? Um, anyways, uh, where was I going with that? Um, yeah, but here's the thing. So I spent a ton of time praying today. But I wasn't praying to get God's acceptance. I wasn't praying to, to do anything other than I was praying in the revelation that God loves me. And out of that revelation, I pray. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that's where God wants us to be. See, what the devil wants is, like I said before, he wants Christians who don't, who, who don't know who they are. And they resolve, they resolve, they resolve, they resolve to do this, 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 this. 
to have great churches or they resolve to do these things or whatever. But you could resolve to do a million things. Do you know that you could read your Bible inside and out? You could know every prayer. You could know all of that and you could not know Jesus. Right? And so hear my heart. I'm not saying let's get away from seeking God. I'm saying let's live in the foundation of the revelation of Jesus Christ and out of that everything will come. See, sometimes we have to stop, go all the way back to the start and say, okay, this is where I need to be. Because guys, I've been there. When I've been seeking healing for different things in my life, when I'm seeking different areas in my life, I think, okay, like I remember there was a time when I was sick and I remember feeling like, okay, I have to impress God. I have to get up at 6 o'clock and I have to pray from 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock in the morning every day, every day. And I would do it and I would do it. And does God love my prayers? Of course he loved my prayers. But the heart of what I was doing wasn't out of a revelation of God's love for me and I just wanted to spend time with him in his word and praying to him. It was, I'm trying to convince God that he should heal me because I'm praying so much. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that's not how it works. God isn't looking for people who pray for five hours a day. God is looking for people who live in the revelation of his love. Amen. Come on. Is that good? That's a good word. You don't even have to answer it. It is a good word. Come on. That's a good word. Let's go to the next slide. Right? Just the same stuff I'm talking about. See, resolution, you're walking towards something. You're walking, like, you have a finish line, and you're like, I'm going to get there. And whether it's just prayer or whatever, I'm going to get there. And once I get there, then I will be fulfilled. Revelation is you start. The finish line is the start. Do you know what I'm saying? You're already fulfilled. I don't need to achieve nothing. Number one, there's nothing I can do to make God love me more. There's nothing I can do to impress God. There's none of that. So I live in that foundation and that truth, and I walk out of there. And what does that mean? That means my prayers aren't prayers of trying to please God, and hopefully he hears my pitiful little prayers. And if he hears them, maybe he'll have pity on this little this sinner who's so horrible. No, that's a lie from Satan. I sit in there saying, I am a son of God, and Christ lives in me. And there is nothing that I can't accomplish with the power of the Holy Spirit in me. And that is a very different prayer than the, oh, hopefully God listens to me. Do you hear what I'm saying? And that's the truth that God wants us to live out. Because if we live in that truth, there's nothing that we can't do. And I just, I don't want to, to, I don't want to live where I'm trying to get somewhere. And you know what? You're never going to get there. Like this place that we're all trying to get, there's no such place. We're never going to get there. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's right now, right here. Does this make sense? Oh, sometimes I'm like, what am I talking about now? Oh, God is good. Thank you for, ha- thank you for letting me speak and, and share my heart. And, you know, I just, I want people to know that Jesus loves them. I want, I, I know I get up here and I'm passionate and, and, and I, pro- and I want to say something. I'm not preaching at you. I am preaching with you. I am speaking to myself just as much as I'm speaking to you. So, um, you know, I just, I don't want you to feel condemned because con- condemnation is not from the Holy Spirit. Conviction is the, from the Holy Spirit. Jesus loves you. No, all these words are in pure love. So, what is the central revelation that God wants us to live in? In Acts 17, 28, it says, For in him we live and move and have our being. 
as also some of, you, some of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. So what does that mean? I know it's kind of convoluted there. But it says, in him we live and have our being. It is in him. Everything. In Colossians uh, 2.10, so you are also complete through your union with Christ. Can you guys see this? It's small, hey? Sorry, guys. Who is the head over every ruler and authority? For you have been filled in him. And so my challenge to all of us is that the world says that we have to work towards getting something. That's just how the world works. If you want to achieve something, you have to resolve, you have to grit your teeth and and figure out how to get it, and then you get there. Jesus says, you're already there. You're, you're, you're done. It's not that you're done, but, but you've, you're there, and now out of there, you move. Does that make sense? And that is what God wants from us. And see, that's what's the beauty about our faith. See, there's so many different religions out there. And I believe that different religion, religions have pieces of truth in them. I don't believe there's, there's, they are true. I believe that they have pieces of truth in them. And, but if you look at any of them, if you look at Buddhism, Islam, um, whatever, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, what they focus on is you have to do something, and if you do that thing, you're, th- you're then accepted. Do you know what I'm saying? If, if you do the right things, if you follow the right rules and all of that kind of stuff, then you're accepted. And that's the beautiful thing about Jesus is there's nothing you do to be accepted. His death on the cross is his acceptance of you. And that's just the truth that we live out of. Does that make sense? So I'm gonna, I want to get out of here by 8.30. So I just have a couple things that, uh, that I want to talk about really quick. So, okay, so Stuart's saying, because some of you might be like, Okay, so what he's saying is that I gotta stop striving, I gotta stop like trying to do all these things to find fulfillment, but I have to live in revelation. Okay, so what does it mean to live in revelation? And remember, the revelation I'm talking about is the truth, the central truth of Jesus Christ that he died for you, that he loves you, and that you are made complete in him. Complete in him. So, how do we do it? So, there's just a couple things that I've learned in my own life how to live constantly in revelation, okay? Can I share those with you? Let's do it. Let's do, I'm going to tell you, James, all right? You need to hear this. You need to hear this. <laughs> this is the biggest one. We got to stop doing it in our own strength. Come on. We do, man, we try to do so many things in our own strength. I do. I know the Bible. I know what Jesus says. But sometimes, you know, I was joking about this at the beginning, but, but sometimes I'm like, I can do this, God. I need to figure this out, or I can do it in my own strength. But the truth is, is I have no strength. And to understand Jesus and to understand Christianity is to understand how much you lack and how weak you are. Now, that doesn't mean you're, you're, you're completely weak. It means you're weak on your own. And your only strength that you get comes from Jesus Christ, comes from the relationship. So it's a funny thing. The weird thing about our faith is that we are completely helpless, but on the other side, capable of anything, right? Like we are actually capable of anything, but it is only through Jesus Christ. 
And my challenge to you, and I, and I just want to read some of, these, uh, some of these verses. I mean, First Peter talks about this. Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Philippians 13, for I can do everything th- through Christ who gives me strength. Everything. It doesn't say so I can do some things, or I can do, you know, medium hard things, or I can get a B through Christ who strengthens me. Do you know what I'm saying? You know? We don't serve a C-plus God. Come on who just barely gets us by and, and, you know, we can do some mediocre things through Christ who strengthens me. No, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I want to live in that revelation and live in that truth. There is nothing that I cannot do, not on my own, but through Christ who strengthens me. And finally, in Ephesians, it says, a final word, Paul says, Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. See, the thing that happens sometimes, sometimes as Christians we feel like, okay, so so we're saved by God and he gives us strength and he gives us like a strength pill or something. He gives us a shot of steroids and and, uh, spiritual steroids. And, uh, you know, we, we, because anyways, I was going to make a joke and it was going to be dumb, so I just stopped myself. Um, (laughs) Anyways, thank you, James. That's maturity right there is when when you know yeah, that's revelation. When you're like, I, I had a prophecy that no one was going to laugh, and so I just stopped. I just stopped. Um, anyways, so, uh, you know, be strong in the Lord. Like, we, we feel like, okay, God gives us strength, and then he says, okay, go do it. And then we, like, go and we run around and we try to do all these things. But the truth is, is that's not how it works. God just doesn't give us a pill of strength and then says, go. God says, you are only strong beside me. You, like, we go together. So, so we have to understand that. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. That doesn't say be strong in yourself and in your mighty power. It's the strength of the Lord. And, I, man, I've done this. I've, I've done this at work. I've done this in life where I've tried to take on everything, and I've tried to do it on my own strength. But the truth is, is that I will always fail. And sometimes God will let you do little things, and he'll show you. And, you know, but the, the truth is, is that when I try to do things on my own strength, I fail. But when I do things on his strength, there's nothing that I can't do. So a question for you is where in your life have you said, God, I have this. God, this is mine. I can take care of this on my own. And just search your heart because I believe God wants to speak to you and he wants to say, listen, that burden you're carrying is not yours to carry. You don't have the strength for it. Will you please let it go and give it to me so that I can take it? Amen? All right. Second last one. We need to admit our failures and our weaknesses. See, a lot of people fail in their resolutions, but then they're embarrassed about it, so you know, they kind of sweep it under the rug, and, and they don't want to talk about their failures. They don't want to talk about how they've messed up. You know, we get ashamed with our shortcomings. And, and we do this all the time. It's because of Facebook and Instagram and everything, and we see how perfect everyone's life is. But, but we get ashamed of failure. But the truth is, is for me, what I've learned in my life is there is no such thing as failure. And I know that's like a cliche, but it's true. Is that I mess up all the time and I own my mess ups because the truth is, is the sooner I own it, the sooner I can move on from it and the sooner I can learn. And I own the things that I mess up because there's no point. It's like God knows my failures and what do I have to hide? 
But, but, but I think that God wants us to be in a place where we're okay with owning our failures. Right? Romans 23, you're so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. And in 2 Corinthians, it says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Come on. My power is made perfect. That's Paul, and he's writing a letter to the Corinthians, and, or to the church in Corinth, 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 whatever, and uh, the one with the C. And um, Colossians. Oh, there's also Colossians. Yeah, you're right. Thank you, James. James went to Bible school, everyone, just so you know. Um, <laughs> he's a very smart man. Uh, James, would you like the microphone? Are you going to? Okay, okay. <laughs> sorry, I love James. We're just, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, he's, he's writing this letter, and, uh, you know, in, in, in part of it, he's talking about how he has a thorn in his flesh, and he's asked God, God, would you take this from me? Would you take this from me? Would you take this from me? And he writes this, and it's beautiful. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in my weaknesses. Do you know that there's weaknesses in my life that I give to God, and I get down on my knees, and I cry. I legitimately cry and say, God, take this from me. Take this from me. And in those moments, God is saying, Stu, in your weakness, I am made strong. I don't want you to be sick. I don't want you to be tormented. I don't want any of that. But trust me that I am your strength. I am your comforter. I am your provider right now. And do you know that this, this challenge, this weakness has actually brought you closer to me? Because you understanding that you're weak makes you realize how much you need me. And it is, that, it is that way where I celebrate that and I say, okay, thank you, Lord. I don't think we should thank God for sickness. I don't think we should thank God for any of that because they don't come from God. But I think we should thank God that his power is made perfect in our weakness. And there's opportunities where he shows us how weak we are. And here's the thing. If Paul, like you gotta think about this verse. You know, we just read the Bible sometimes without fully understanding the context. This is a man who changed the course of history. Like after Jesus Christ, I mean, you know, he was out there killing Christians, killing Christians. And he had a, a conversion, an absolutely a, just unreal conversion with Jesus Christ. And he went all for the gospel, sharing it with Jews and Gentiles and everyone that would listen. And, and this guy changed the world. Part of why we are sitting here today is because of Paul's, Paul listening to the Holy Spirit, right? And I'm not trying to make him into a God or anything like that. I'm just saying he is a man who changed the world. And if a man who's done way more than I could ever hope or dream says, therefore, I will boast in my weakness, I think it's okay for me to boast in my weakness once in a while. Does that make sense? And so I think we just have to, to just realize, man, we're weak. We make mistakes. God loves us. And finally, let's finish this off. But, but before we do that, just a quick question I want to ask you. Search your heart. Ask the Holy Spirit to, op to, to show you if there's a weakness in your life that you are too afraid to admit. If there is pride that is getting in the way of you admitting your weakness, because God wants to take that weakness and he wants to be strong in it. And finally, 
living in Revelation is focusing on today. See, we do two things sometimes as Christians. We focus on the past, and sometimes we focus too much on the future. We look at the past and we see all the things that the past has done and all the mistakes that we have made and all of those kind of things, and we live in that shame and that regret and that guilt of the past. And the enemy wants to use your past against you every day. And also sometimes we want to get distracted with the future. And we think so much about what's going to happen tomorrow, 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 tomorrow. But the truth is, is there, there actually is no such thing as tomorrow. It's always today. It will only ever be today. Do you know what I know? That sounds funny. But when tomorrow comes, it's today. Like it's, you just keep going into today, today, today. There is never going to be a tomorrow. And so the challenge that, that I want us to, to, just to think of is, are you living in today? Because God renews us daily. We are being renewed daily. We are, like we're not renewed once. We are renewed. We're renewed by the blood of Christ, but we are constantly being made new. Right? David says this in the Psalms, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Today, in Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do you really know that you are a new creation? And that God is constantly renewing you? And going back to the New Year's Eve, you know, the New Year's resolution is the world waits once a year. They say, once a year, I'm going to resolve to be a new person. And Jesus says, every second, Stuart, you are a new person. You don't need to wait until next year to be a new person. You're a new person now. You're a new person now. You're a new person now. You are constantly being renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't need to wait for some special day to be renewed. I walk in renewal. I walk in redemption every single day. Even if I mess up, if tomorrow I sin, my God, my Redeemer will renew me and create in me a clean heart. And that's my challenge for you. Know that his mercies are new every day. His grace for you is new every day. So don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about yesterday, because we got today. And God wants to show you his love today. So I'm just going to close this off with a couple things. One thing. <sighs> God loves you. His heart for you is to know his redemptive power. There's nothing that you've done that God can't take care of. He is making you new every single day. He does not want you to strive to fight all the time to appease him. To, you, know God, you know what God doesn't want? He doesn't want you to check, all, check off all the Christian check boxes. You know, it's like, okay, today I prayed for 10 minutes. Okay, I read my Bible for 30 minutes. Okay, I did this. Okay, I was a good Christian today. Now I can go do my thing. That's not what God is looking for. God is, wants you, and, and that life sucks. Read the Old, Old Testament. It's filled with that. It's a hard, hard life. God wants you to live in the truth of the revelation that he loves you. He wants you to start 
from fulfillment, and out of that fulfillment, you will change the world. Out of that fulfillment, you will pray like you've never prayed before. You will pray with the power of the Holy Spirit. You will do things with the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe God wants to, to see that happen in all of our lives. And for some of you, you're there. And, and you've been there a long time. And, but I always believe that, that God wants to continue to bring us closer and closer to him. Amen? So I'm just going to pray, okay? And I also want to invite people that if you were listening today and, and there was something in there where you're like, either A, I don't know God's revelation for my life and his, the revelation of his love for me, and I'm striving and I'm trying to do all the right things, but I don't really know him. There's going to be some of us up at the front today and we would love to pray with you. So Father, I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace over us, God. Father, I ask that for every single person in this room today, God, that you would speak to them in a profound way, wherever they're at. If they've known you forever, if they're just getting to know you, if they don't know you at all. God, would they get an understanding of the revelation of your love for them? Father, would you forgive us when we're trying to do things that don't honor you and we're not living in truth? Father, help us to live completely in your truth so that we can do all the amazing things that you've called us to do. Jesus, we love you. Guys, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. If anyone needs prayer for anything, we would love to pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Live in the revelation of Christ's love. Amen.